Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. Have a Bible go with me tonight to Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. That is in the back of your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, uh, no worries. Uh, all the words will be on the screen. I would encourage you, though, uh, especially if you're a part of our uh, youth community, that you would go to the store. Um, you would get a Bible. If you got to steal one, hey, do what you can. Ask for forgiveness later. Uh, but get a Bible and start bringing your Bible to church and start start taking notes. Start highlighting, underlining, tracking with the Scripture. Um, my, my Bible looks like, and not that you got to like repeat this, but my Bible looks like a rainbow exploded in it. And um, that, that's just helpful for me that when I open my Bible, I have notes, I have scribbles that reminds me, oh, 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 yeah, I remember this. I remember when so-and-so was preaching this message. I jotted this note down. I remember when God spoke this to me. It's just helpful to have notes in your Bible so you can remember what God is speaking to you. But uh, we're in this study called Stepping into the Kingdom. And uh, we've been using this book that we're kind of studying as as a church, uh, talking about what does the kingdom of God actually look like? What does that mean? Why should that matter to me? And how do I step into it? And in case you haven't been here, the kingdom of God, it is the rule. It's the domain. It is the rulership of God that we will experience in a real day one day in heaven. Like currently, the kingdom of God is not a physical thing. The kingdom of God is not a tangible thing where where God has a a part of the world somewhere that he is physically tangibly standing there in a robe with a scepter and a crown, but, but it's God's rulership in our hearts. And, and God's rulership has come, has invaded this, this realm to put an end forever to anything and everything of the enemy that would try to, to affect our life in a negative way. And how we step into God's kingdom is simply by in our heart believing and receiving and being willing, like we sang tonight, to say, Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Let your kingdom or your rulership be present in my heart. And tonight we're going to talk about, I think, is a rather relevant subject. And uh, to, to, to prove my point, um, I would like to ask a simple question. Now, I would like full participation. And um, so if you don't raise your hand, I'm assuming that the answer is no and that you're not just snubbing my no- your nose to my question because you think you're too cool for school. Um, P.S., anybody do you legitimately think you're too cool for school? I always thought I was too cool for school. Um, Kimberly is too cool for school, but no one's too cool for church. Someone said amen. amen. And uh, so, so you got to participate. So here, here's the question. Um, is there any area of your life, P.S., in case you feel self-conscious, both my hands and my legs, if I could, would go up immediately upon this question. But is there any area in your life where you wish that it wasn't like that, but, but you feel stuck? It, 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 could be, it could be a sin. It could be a behavior. It could be a, a pattern of, of, of doing something. It could be like a word that no one would let's talk about, like an addiction. Um, it could be something that's like, I, I, I love it when I'm doing it. I love it when I'm in the middle of this environment. I love it when, but immediately after I hate it and I feel guilty and I feel condemned. And I, I wish that I, I, 
I didn't feel stuck by, by this thing. It, 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 it could be a past mistake. Have you ever done something before? And um, like, even though it's over, like you can't let go of it on the inside. And it's like, man, I wish I could be free from this regret and this feeling of guilt that I carry around, but I don't know how to. It could be a mindset. It, it could be a fear. It could be insecurity. It could be um, like, like, sadness, depression. I remember when I was in middle school, high school, one of the things that I was so bound by is insecurity. I, anybody, do you have a friend that they're just the life of the party anywhere they go? I, I, I had a friend growing up and his name was Nick Tremere. And um, I was jealous of Nick Tremere my whole life because everywhere we went, he was the life of the party. And he was funny and people liked him and he wore cool clothes. He, he was just like the man. And I always was jealous because I thought I'm so insecure. I'm so bound by, by caring what people think about me that I don't feel ever that comfortable to just laugh. To just, to, to just have, I was so bound by insecurity. It, it could, could be any of those things. So just real quick, on the same page, anybody here tonight, you can relate with me. You have an area or areas of your life, plural, that you wish you weren't look like that. You wish you didn't do that, but currently you feel a little bit stuck. Can, can I see? Okay, so almost, that's almost the whole room. There are some perfect holy people in here. Um, next week, we will allow you to come and to give your testimony about how you've arrived at perfection because we're all super jealous of that journey. Um, but that's all of us. So tonight, the sermon material, it impacts us all because all of us have areas. Like, here's a really practical one. And don't you judge me next time you're around me. Like, I'm already curling my hands so you can't see. Um, I wish I didn't bite my nails. Anybody, are you a nail biter? Anybody, like, I, I wish I didn't bite my nails. Like, it's not really a serious one. But I really do wish I didn't bite my nails. And it's like, every, every time I'm like, you know what, I'm done with this. Like, come on, bro, get your fingers out of your mouth. Like, what are you, three? It's over. Immediately, I'll find myself in 15 minutes like... <laughs> It's like, what are you doing, man? But we, we're going to talk about tonight how the kingdom of God and part of what Jesus has come to give to us is freedom. We're going to talk about how the reality of God's kingdom is that there is nothing, nothing that, that we are any longer bound by and don't have, have freedom from. Galatians 5.1 is kind of where, where, where we're going to start. Galatians 5.1. And um, this is... This is a verse that you think maybe does not apply to you right away because you don't feel free currently, but I'm helping you to see how it already applies to you. Paul writes this. He, he says, stand fast. In other words, be immovable. Make a decision. I'm not going to give in. I'm not. Have you ever been tempted to eat something you know you shouldn't eat? because it's going to hurt your tummy or because like, bro, it's like three in the morning. You really shouldn't have those Jack in the box tacos. They're not even real. Don't, don't give in. Stand fast. Therefore in the liberty or the freedom by which Jesus Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Paul is writing to this Galatians church. Let me give you a quick history lesson, um, like very, very short. Uh, Paul is writing to the Galatians church because the Galatians church, they made a decision to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus. Here's the problem though. Some people came in 
And some people were like, ah, no, 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 it's, it's actually not, like it's not as good as it sounds. Because here, here, here's the gospel in case you, you don't know the good news is that Jesus came and lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserved. He was buried and raised on the third day. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. So simply by believing in him, not behaving, simply by believing in him, everything that belonged to Christ, all of the blessing, all of the, 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 the relationship with God, were, the Bible says we're seated or we're in a position at the right hand of God. Everything that, that should have been Jesus's because of his perfection belongs to us because we're in Christ, because of our, our, our belief in him. We, we've been freed from the grip, the power of, of sin, of darkness. But people crept into the Galatians church and they're like, hey, this Paul guy, um, he just knows that the sermons sound good, but it's actually not like that good though. And so like, like yeah, like, like it, Jesus definitely does forgive you for sins, but um, it's more complicated than that. And the whole book of Galatians is Paul writing to this church going, guys, don't get duped back into this complicated way of thinking. It is that good. Jesus is that good. Now, how is that relevant to us? Because a lot of us, maybe we don't have religious leaders and zealots showing up to our house going, uh, yeah, I'd like to speak with you because last night I heard you were at LYC and they preached about the gospel. And I just want you to know it's not that good. Maybe you don't have that. I hope you don't have that. But, but what we do have is the voice of the enemy in our head. What we do have is the voice in the end of our head when, when we're like, man, I, I blew it again. And, and you hear that little voice that goes, yeah, because that's going to be you for the rest of your life. Because that thing owns you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that was you. And by the way, sure, you're getting into heaven, but God really isn't pleased with you be, because of your, your behavior. Maybe something has happened to us. We've gone through a circumstance situation and we have the voice of the enemy that goes, yeah, this, this feeling of anxiety and depression and darkness, you'll never be free from this thing. So maybe we don't have religious zealots at our house, but we do have the voice of the enemy who we're going to learn a bit later on tonight that through his, his words, his lies, his deceit tries to tell us it's not that good. And Paul writes Galatians 5.1, he goes, guys, I'm begging you, please stand or be firm, be immovable in the freedom that Jesus has, has given you to make you free and do not allow yourself to be entangled anymore in stuff that would that would be like bondage to you. If you're taking notes, write this down. The title of my sermon, it's like, Brandon, we don't have to take notes. You passed them out. Okay, okay, I get it. Uh, but the title of my sermon, uh, is simply this, why are you still there? And here's the question I would like to pose for your consideration. Whatever that thing is that you feel like is holding you, here's the question tonight. If Jesus has made you free, why are you still there? And I don't want you to hear it in, in, in like a, uh, a voice of condemnation. I don't want you to hear me be like, dude, seriously, like get it together. But but, but I want that question to kind of re reverberate, maybe even stick with you so that, that when you get to Friday or next Thursday and, and all of a sudden you feel kind of stuck again, that, that that voice of that question, the Holy Spirit can, hey, 
why are you still there? Because here's the reality. You don't have to live here anymore. This doesn't have to define you anymore. You don't have to be enslaved by this anymore because Jesus has made you free. Can I pray for us one more time? And then can we, can we kind of get into this? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the Bible and, and, and more importantly, for the gift of your son. God, you said that you so loved us that you proved it. There's, there's no doubt you proved your love in the, in, in the fact that when we were lost in our sin, you gave the most precious thing to you. That is your son, that in him we could be forgiven and have right relationship with you. So tonight, help us to see that and to get a revelation of our freedom. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen, amen. All right, silly question, maybe a little bit unrelated, but I kind of want to want to paint a picture for you. Um, how many of you, by show of hands, at your house, you have chores? Anybody, you have chores? This is a good group of people. I was expecting everybody to be like, nah, man, my mom does it for me. And I was going to say, that's what's wrong with America. But apparently we're doing good because a lot of people got chores. All right, just, just yell at me um, on the count of three. What is your least favorite chore? One, two, three. Okay, I think I heard it. Did anybody say the dishes? Anybody say the dishes? Okay, so I'm, I'm a 32-year-old man. I have three children, and yes, I have chores. I do. Um, our rhythm as, as a family, by the way, I'm not complaining about this, and um, I believe that Aaliyah Escalante would attest to what I'm about to say. Um, I like the fact that I'm responsible to clean the kitchen, and here's why I like it. Uh, we, we, we do dinner as a family. P.S., I'm curious, what time do you eat dinner at night? Okay, okay, hold, hold on. Hold up. Let, let, let's do this by show of hands. How many of you, you eat dinner at 6 p.m. or later? Okay. Let's, let's keep the hands up. How many of you, you eat dinner at 7 p.m. or later? Okay. Let's go 7.30 or later. 8 p.m. or later. 9 p.m. or later. Okay, okay. Okay. Uh, 9.30 or later, 10 o'clock? You eat dinner at 10 o'clock? Okay, let me tell you how much of a dad I am. We eat dinner every night at 5.15 sharp. 5.15 sharp. 5.15 p.m. sharp. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. Because we have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old, and our only goal at night like the only goal I have in my life every night is that by 7.30 p.m. my kids are asleep and I am alone. That's my only goal. It's like I, we, I only got one motivation tonight and that is that by 7.30 p.m. no one's screaming at me. And, and, and so, so, so we do dinner at like 5.15. And um, so this is why I love my chore because my responsibility is I, I, I clean our kitchen, the dishes and the whole downstairs. And this is why I love it because my wife takes our children upstairs and she does bath time and gets everybody ready for bed so I can come read books and, and, and do tuck-in. You, you tell me, Ali, I got the good end of the deal, right? I would much rather do dishes than, uh, than, than, do, than, than do bath time. But here's kind of, kind of where I'm getting to. Um, I, I load the dishwasher a very certain way. Are you particular about how you load the dishwasher? So when my wife and I got, first got married, um, my, my wife, she came, she, she came downstairs before we had kids, and, and, and what she saw me doing, this is my sister Brittany, she can attest to this, is, I learned this from my mom, what she saw me doing is with a sponge and a little bit of soap. 
I was washing the dish before I put it in the dishwasher. Yeah, okay, so like we got smart people in here. And so I'm, I'm, like, I'm like washing it for, for, because I just, I don't want to put food in there. It's gross. I'm trying to put crumbs in there. I still do that. And my wife came out and she's like, what are you doing? Do you know why they invented a dishwasher? Do you know what the point of a dishwasher is? To wash the dishes. But to this day, I'm, I'm still doing double the work. Do, do you know why Jesus paid the price he paid? It was not just so that you could be forgiven of your sin. It was so that you could be free from your sin. The, the Bible says this in John chapter 8, verse 36. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. What, what, what Jesus did is he didn't just live the life we couldn't live, but he did do that. He didn't just die the death that we deserved, although he did do that. But the Bible says that he disarmed. He completely dismantled and disarmed sin, the powers of hell and death, and completely removed its ability to have power over those who would call upon his name. This is the power of God's kingdom. We, we talked about this the, the very first week, but the kingdom of God is not just a cool cliche. It is the power of God to anyone who will receive the authority or the rulership of Jesus in their heart. This is why Jesus's message was so attractive. Be, because when he said, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Here's what we hear. Stop doing bad things and listening to bad music because it's church time, but, but repent actually just means change your way of thinking. Repent just means just, just turn. And what Jesus was saying, we talked about it the first week, but hey, stop thinking that way because the time has come that God's power, God's kingdom, God's rulership and authority to put all of sin and death and hell and darkness in its proper place is at hand now. So repent. Turn, change your perspective and, and, and come to me for I have come to bring freedom to every area of your, your, your life. Uh, the, we're, we're reading this book, uh, Stepping Into the Kingdom. I would encourage you to get the book. It's a good book, but I, I want to read you, it's in the notes that I handed out. I want to read you this quote from the book. And, and this quote, I was reading the book and I'm like, this is so good. It, it says this, Jesus did not come to help captives cope. He came to set captives free. Life in the kingdom is not defined by bad things we've done or bad things others have done to us. Life in the kingdom is defined by the great things God has done in Christ for us. Jesus didn't come to help captives cope, but let's just, let's be honest tonight. This is how we live. Yeah. Just can't wait for small group, man. Just, just want to be able, to be able to talk about it. And, and, and we're just coping. Hey, hey, man, Pastor Brandon, do you got any like good, like good tips, good advice? Like, you know, like just some positive words. Like what's your favorite worship playlist to kind of put on? And, and we don't say it like this, but what we mean is to, to just help me cope with, with, with all the stuff I'm going through. What, what a bad message that would be. Hey guys, great news, Jesus is here and he wants to help you cope. 
Uh, we got a lot of other coping mechanisms. Um, that's, but his message was, I've come to set the captives free. I've come so everyone who feels bound, everyone who feels stuck can be free. Like, what, what would it be like? I, I remember, like, thinking this when I was in middle school, high school, and was so bound by insecurity. What would it be like to be able to walk into social environments and not care what anyone thought and legitimately be able to smile and, and just be myself? And what would it be like to legitimately be free from this addiction and what would, it, what would it be like to not just like find a way to manage, but to literally have freedom from the, the thing that's, that has me so tangled up? Thought, thought number one is that in Jesus, we've been fully set free. So here's the question, then, 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 then why, why, why don't I feel free? Number two, if you're taking notes or following along in the notes I provided, uh, freedom, it must be attained and maintained. It must be attained and maintained. Now, um, Isaiah, you are so lucky because you're the only person that I felt comfortable um, like making do this. And then I realized that I can't. Uh, we, we, I'll explain in a minute. We loaned, uh, by, by the way, we have a 125-pound Rottweiler. His name is Achilles. Um, and we don't love him as much as we used to because we have to love our kids. Um, but, but he's got a giant kennel. And I was going to bring the kennel tonight. <laughs> And I was going to set this giant dog kennel up and I was going to make Isaiah get in the kennel. Um, luckily for you, we loaned it to someone. And so I'm not going to make you do that tonight. But I just want you to get the, like, the picture of like Isaiah like, in this, this kennel. Be, 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 because here, here's what I want you to see this picture. Let's just imagine. This, like, go with me, bro. Go with me. Let's just imagine that I got this giant dog kennel and, and Isaiah or 2004 or Caleb Escalante or someone's in this kennel. Here, here's the picture I want you to see. Before Jesus, you had no hope of getting out of this thing. Before Jesus, you had no hope of being free from sin and darkness and its effects. But what Jesus did is Jesus came and he didn't just open the door, he broke the door. He, he broke the handcuffs. He broke everything that would, that would hold you. But, someone say but. But here, here's what he didn't do. He, he didn't kick you out. No, that's our responsibility to recognize I've been free. Therefore, I have to make a decision to get up and to walk into freedom. Do you know how, how many Christians, how many people I know that they've been made free in Christ, but they're living inside of a prison? Yeah, man, it's just it's tough. I, man, the struggle is real. I, I mean, it's just, and, and what they don't realize is that they're, they're living inside of something that has no doors. They're living in chains that actually aren't on them anymore. Listen to the verse. I love this verse in Romans chapter six. It, it says, likewise, you also... Like was you also, Romans chapter six. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, li listen to the power you have. Therefore, do not allow sin to reign in your mortal bodies, that you should obey it in its lust. 
and do not present your members as instruments. Don't give yourself as an instrument for unrighteousness to sin, but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as, as instruments of righteousness to God. Here's what Paul's saying. Paul's going, hey, you are free. So stop obeying this, this master that actually isn't your master anymore. Yeah, man, I just, I just, I, 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 I don't know how to, how to not give in. A, a lot of that, sometimes it's, it, it's our thinking, isn't it? Like the moment we, I heard someone say this this week, it was so good. They said, remember, temptation, someone say temptation. Temptation. Temptation's not sin. How, how could it be sin? Jesus was tempted in every way and yet without sin. But here's what we do. We think temptation is sin. And so we go, well, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I've really been struggling with temptation. And because we think that's sin, because we think like, ah, well, I mean, I thought it, so I might as well, we just, we, we obey it. Thoughts of anxiety or, 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 or depression or things that's like, ah, like, I just, I can't get, we, the moment we have that thought, we're, well, I thought about it. So that means that, 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 that must be, be the definition of who I am. When in all reality, temptation isn't sin. Because you had the thought doesn't mean, no, temptations, it's not sin, but living, giving into it, that, that is. And here's what Paul's saying, you're free. So every time that thing comes knocking at your door, stop feeling like you have to open it. Every time that, that thought, every time that voice, every time that word, enters your mind, stop acting like it's because it's what defines you. It's not what defines you. It's a lie. It's a temptation. It's a, this is not the definition of who I am anymore. The Bible says this, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation. Someone say no. 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 So I say to my kids, hey, can we have ice cream? No. No temptation has overtaken you, except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Here is, I just want to put, put an end to this. Anyone who feels or thinks, again, whether it's like a physical, like sin or addiction or pattern, or it's like a mental thing. It's like, I can't stop thinking this way. Don't, don't tell me, ah, man, I, I just, I couldn't help it. Hold up. That's not accurate. Because Paul says, God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able with every temptation, he makes the way of escape. Did you know there's always a way of escape? Did, 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 you, did you know that there's always a way of escape? There's always the ability, we're gonna talk about this in just a second as we close quickly. There's always the opportunity for me to go, no, 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 no. You don't own me anymore. No, 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 you, you, don't even, you don't even have rights anymore. I took the keys away to this house. You shouldn't even be here. Um, you, you need to go. The Bible says every time you, you feel that temptation, let's, let's, let's define it, that I feel like I, I, I should do this. I want to do this. I, I, I want to. Every time you, still, you start feeling that thought, you start getting anxious and you start feeling, and, and whatever that mental thing is, remember with every attack or temptation or opportunity, God goes, I'll never put, I'll never put you in a place that you're stuck. I'll, I'll, I will protect you and guard you and I'll never allow you to go to a place where you don't have a way of escape. Every time, do you ever feel like you're the only one? Like in whatever you struggle with, you start feeling like I'm the only one. 
Paul goes, hey, just remember, whatever you're going through, welcome to the club. Whatever you're going through, welcome. To, there's no temptation that's not common, but God is faithful and he always makes a way of escape. So why don't I feel free? Because even though I've been made free, I haven't yet made the decision to stand up and to own that freedom, to stand up and to walk in that freedom. Last point, thought number three, and then we're going to close right here. Well, how, how do I fight that battle? Um, this sounds, I know, very churchy, very spiritual, but I'll explain it. The word is our weapon and the spirit is our power. The word is our weapon and the spirit is our power. Now, for time's sake, I'm not going to read Ephesians chapter six. Uh, you, you got notes. You can read it. You can go to your Bible um, on, on, on your own. Um, but I just want to talk about Ephesians 6 for a minute. And Kimberly, if you want to come play, and um, just the keys will be great, and we'll, we'll maybe sing a song at the end or a chorus if we have time. Um, and it'll really help me to remember, I got to talk fast. So thank you, Kimberly. But Ephesians 6, here's what Paul says. Paul goes, hey, um, be strong in God. Don't be strong in your own power. All right, great, great sermon tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm... I'm I'm going to walk in freedom. All right, all right. So, so tomorrow, just do better. No, 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 no. He goes, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. In other words, I've been given access. God's made himself available to help me. God's made himself available. How, how often do, and this is just rhetorical, do you stop in the middle of something that, that you, you feel stuck by and just recognize that God is available and say, God, I need the power of your might. God, help me to be strong and to not give in to this thing. Did you know that God is present in your temptation? Here, here's the lie of the enemy. You, you have that tempting thought and because you think temptation is sin, you're like, ah, oh man. And, and, and if maybe you've never vocalized it, but something in us goes, God is definitely far away from me right now because I'm, I'm, I'm having this, this, this tempting thought. God is definitely not here right now because if he was here, he'd be like, I can't believe you're even thinking that. You disgust me. Thought you, but, but the Bible goes, no, 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 no. In your temptation, God is present. Next time you feel like, uh, remember God is present. God's right there. Paul goes, be strong in the power of his might. And then he goes through, he goes, hey, put on the whole armor of God. And he goes through the armor of God. And uh, maybe next week, it's Halloween. Maybe I'll bring the full armor of God and um, we can have someone dress up with the full armor of God. Um, but, but, but I want you to look verse 17. Verse 17 is in the notes. It says, and take the helmet of salvation. And this is what I want you to see. And the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the, 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 the word of God. Did you know that in all the armor of God, you've only been given one weapon? That in all the armor of God, you only have one weapon that's offensive. Like, like all the rest of it's like, hey, put on the shield or, or the breastplate of righteousness, put on the shield of faith, like put on those super shiny shoes that are steel toe boots and like put on the shin guards and, the, and the, like make sure like you, you got protection, but you're given one offensive weapon. 
He says, don't forget to take up the sword of the spirit. So, so what, what is our weapon? Our weapon, and, and stick with me, look at your neighbor and say, stick with him. Stick with him, stick with him. Okay, stick with me. Because I'm, I'm gonna help you to see this in a minute. So the, the weapon we have is the word of God. Our power is, is God's strength, God's spirit. Remember, God is present in my temptation. God is present in my weakness. God is present when I am at my lowest. If you ever don't feel like God is present, remember when you were at your worst, God said, I think this is the best time for me to send my son. God's always there. So his power is my strength, but the weapon I've been given is is the the word of God. Now here's where I wanna make it really practical, really relevant. If, and this is hypothetical, I know, like if your parents don't, let you watch movies or play video games with violence in them. I, I apologize for this, this metaphor. Um, but, but if you were going to a gunfight, what would you bring? A bazooka. It's like, you play too many video games. Um, if you're going to a gunfight, you wouldn't bring a water balloon. If you were going to a gunfight, you wouldn't bring a pocket knife. You wouldn't even bring a machete or a sword. You'd bring a gun. But, but here, here's what we do. We don't recognize that this whole battle, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. This whole battle is a war of words. Let's just be, let's be logical. Let's think about this. Every time you feel tempted by that sin, by that addiction, every time you feel tempted to give in to anxiety or fear or, 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 or loneliness or depression. Every time you're tempted, let's just think about this. What am I tempted by? Words, the, the words, the lies, the voice of the enemy. That's, not, that, that, that's just me, no, no, that, that's the enemy. Going, hey, you, you know you want to. Hey, you know it's not a big deal. Hey. It's fine. Hey man, like, like it's, it's like you, th- this is normal. Bro, you're 17, come on, like wake up. This is, th- like you, you should be, it, that would be so right in, in this moment. It's, it's words, you will never amount to anything. It's words, you will never get, it's always words, but here's what we do. We bring willpower to a war of words and we lose every time. Oh man, okay. Uh, I just got, I got, I got, I got, I got just this temptation and I'm feeling super tempted and oh, okay. And, and we just, I try harder. Okay, I'm gonna try. I, I, I remember what Pastor Brandon said, I've been free, so I'm just gonna. We, we bring willpower to a war of words. The only thing that will ever help you in a war of words is the word of God. Because the moment you hear the lie, the voice, the temptation, you have to have something in your heart that says, no, 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 no. I, this is what God says about me. Hey man, you, you are such a failure. God is so pissed. Like you, you, no, 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 no. I know God's word says that because of him, I've been made right with God and I'm loved by God, and I'm at peace with God. And if you don't have God's word in your heart, no, 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 I'm, I am not giving into that thing 
because God says that he's not giving me a spirit of fear. I will not be anxious. I'm not going to be worried. I'm not going to be afraid. God, right now, I thank you that you've given me a spirit of power. And if you don't have words, you're toast. There's two, two references. You can Google it because it's not in the notes. But here's the two references I want to give you. In the book of Psalm 119, David says this. David says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How is it that I will live pure before God? By hiding God's word in my heart. Luke chapter four, do you guys remember the story where Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days? Do you remember the story? Okay, go, go, go look the story up. Verify my facts, fact check me. Luke chapter four, verses one through 14, go fact check me. Jesus, think about this and then I promise we're done. Anything he would have said would have been the word of God, right? Okay, like, help me out. Anything he would have said because he's Jesus would have been the word of God, right? Anything he said would have been red letter, right? Okay. Jesus, when he was tempted, he did not just say something. Jesus went back and he quoted Old Testament scripture. Why? Because Jesus is our perfect example. Be, because Jesus didn't just come to save us, but he came to give us an example of freedom and victory. And every time he was tempted, he reached in the pocket of his heart and he went Old Testament. Nope. God says that man shall not live on, 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 on bread alone. Nope. God says that, that you shall not test it. And he, he picked God's word from his heart and he, he brought words to a war of words. Why was Jesus able to live a life of perfection? Why was he able to live in freedom and in victory? Because he fought words with words. Brandon, why is this, like, why is this such a big deal? Like, God, we're always talking about like, reading the Bible and like, like, what, like, why should I actually lean in? Because if you don't, you're toast. Like, I, I will not sugarcoat it for you. If you don't have God's word in your heart, you're toast. Be, because do you know what you can't do in the middle of life circumstance? Uh, great point, Satan. Hold on one second. Uh, let me, um, hey, Pastor Brandon here. Uh, sorry to bug you on a Friday. Um, I'm really being tempted. I'm, I'm at a party. Why am I here? Because I got invited and I, I want to be popular. Duh. Um, I'm really being tempted tonight uh, to compromise my sexual purity. Do you have some scriptures you could text me? That's not real life. But, but by the time I get here, it's already too late. Hey, uh, pa Pastor Brandon, I'm, I'm, I'm in a re really dark place. And um, by the time you get to a really dark place, it's too late sometimes. So what do I need? I need a heart that's full of God's word. So when the enemy comes, and I get in that situation. I'm, I'm at that party. I'm with those friends. I'm in my, my bedroom and those thoughts begin to attack me that I have words in my heart. Here's what the Bible says, the Holy Spirit, here's part of his job, to remind you of things. I know I've said it 10 times, but last thing I know, I promise, we won't sing because it's too late and, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pray and we're gonna be done. But um, you, you, you may recognize this about me and this is not like a, like a you know, casual brag, um, but I've been asked before, wow, how do you know so much scripture? And here's always my answer. I, I have no idea. 
I actually don't try to memorize a lot of scripture, but I spend a lot of time in God's word. And here's what happens. I'll get in situations, I'll get in conversations, I'll be in the middle, the, the middle of life crisis and the Holy Spirit, John 16, he will remind you of all things. I'll be in the middle of it and the Holy Spirit will go, hey, hey, you, you, hold up real quick. Hey, remember last Tuesday, remember what you, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just a, ver, a verse will pop. It's like, oh wait, hold up. I remember, I haven't thought about that verse in six months, but do you know who knows it's there? The Holy Spirit. But here, here's the reality. A lot of us, we got nothing in the library of our heart. Let's call it what it is. I don't really got time, you know, I'm not really a, like a Bible guy, cool. But you have nothing in the library of your heart. And when, when the moment of temptation comes, the Holy Spirit's like, ah. Like I want so badly to be able to flood your mind and your heart right now with the promises of God and the word of God. And I want you to have weapons in your hand to fight with, but you're, you're empty right now. And there's, there's no books in the shelf of that heart of yours. Oh, that's why David said, that's why David said, how can a young man stay pure and live righteous before God? By hiding his word in my heart. So that when the moment of temptation, anxiety, when the moment it comes, the Holy Spirit goes, hey, don't, don't, don't you sweat it. Remember, remember what I spoke to you. You are more than a conqueror. Hey, remember what I spoke to you. There's no, ten, you, you, you don't have to obey this. You don't have to get into this. Hey, use your words. Hey, speak up. What, rem, remember, remember, we have to have God's word in our heart. So every one of us tonight, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus, just know you are free. You're free, 100%. Nothing has the power to hold you, but you have to stand up. And you have to receive and walk in that freedom. And you got to start getting God's word in your heart and inviting him into that situation. Brandon, how, 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 how do I do that? Um, you, you, you take time. All right, last, last thing for real. Last thing for real. For real. For real. For real is the last thing. God, no temptation's overtaken me except which is common to man and common to preachers to talk too long. So help me to end right now. That's how you do it in real life. But I, my, my wife and I over the last probably two months, we've had stupid stuff happen to us that is eating away at, at our finances. We had three trees we had to get removed. Like, how did these things die so quickly? I, my, my car broke down. I had to do a pretty expensive repair to my car. Um, we had something happen with our AC that needed to be fixed. Um, and you, you just like, we had so many things. And I started feeling not only like financial pressure, but in my heart, I'm like, God, I feel so discouraged. I feel, I feel so discouraged because like, like we're really trying to get ahead and like this is a setback. And you know what I did? I sat in my room in the dark and I just felt bad for myself. Nope, because that's not gonna help anybody. That's not helping me. That's not helping my family. That's not helping my faith. And so I, th there's a couple mornings that I just, I'm, I'm gonna get up a little bit early. And I went and I found every single verse I could with the help of a Bible promise book and Google that talked about God's ability to, to supernaturally provide. And 
And I just spent, I don't, I don't know, like may, maybe an hour just, just reading those verses, reading those verses, reading those verses, praying those verses, trying to memorize those verses. So, 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 so now when I start feeling that pressure, when I start feeling that anxiety, I have so many weapons in my belt that I'm like, nope, nah. Because Philippians 4.19 says that he shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. So I, I, I'm not even going to wear that weight right now. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd and therefore I shall not want. He's, and, and every time I feel that, I, I will not be in bondage to fear or financial lack. Nope, not living there. I'm free. And so I'm going to get up. I'm going to receive it and walk in it and I'm going to call upon God and get some weapons in my heart to fight and to live in freedom. Ah, sounds sounds like too much work. That's cool. It it does require effort. but, but But if it's me, I'd rather live in freedom than in bondage. Here's the reality. The, the choice is yours. Ah, it's just a lot of effort, man. It's just cool. That's like you have, like you have the full ability to make that choice. Like good on you, man. You want to live in the dog kennel? Awesome. But that's not God's best for you. That's not God's heart for you. So my prayer, my encouragement is get up and walk and live in freedom. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.